2: Welcome to Becoming Her, The Journey. Each week, you will meet a woman who will share her story of becoming who she is today, with the intention that their knowledge and experience will benefit younger women. Meet Grace LaVray, who believes sharing the journey of others gives mentorship for women at all stages of their lives. Welcome, listeners. I am Grace, and this is Becoming Her, The Journey. I'm here today with my co-host, Lindsay Larrabee. Hello, everyone. As always, we do this show with a purpose, and that is to encourage women to free their voice and be heard through effective conversation. We need to support each other in navigating our journeys to becoming the her we want to be. As always, we are not a program for any specific community, but an open platform for the voice of anyone who identifies as female. Our topic today is loss and grief. How do you go on? Today we talk for anyone who has ever lost someone and is struggling with that loss, anyone trying to get beyond the tears. Usually I profile our guest, who today is Jennifer De Pascal, a mom, but I feel it appropriate to speak about her son Joey. Joey was a loving, kind, and empathetic young man who loved sports. He was involved in every aspect of sports from the age of five. He attended Florida State University with the goal of pursuing a career in sports management and ultimately law in UCLA. On April 10th of this year, 2021, Joey was in a fatal car accident, a young life taken too soon. I'm gonna give a quote from Steve Letter. Understanding death its rituals, its lessons, its gift to reshape love through memory, its grief, its powerful reminder that it is not what, but who we have that matters, gives our lives exquisite meaning. Jennifer, thank you for talking with us today. Grief from loss is emotional, physical, social, and spiritual. It is a reaction to loss. Tell us your journey from that shattering fatal day to finding purpose today.
0: Um, I really, I don't even know where to start. Um, that week, that whole week was a blur for me. If I sit there really hard, I, the day I remember perfectly. But after that, it was kind of, I saw people and talked to people and I don't remember even seeing them or talking to them. I kind of was robotic and just got through it. Um, But I do remember that week that people started reaching out to me. They started um, sending me letters. They would send me text messages. They showed up at my house. They called me. They messaged me on Instagram just telling me stories of Joey. And, um, you know, Joey was always a mama's boy and was very special in our family. He was the baby. And we always knew Joey was special, but we just thought Joey was special to us. And then upon all of these letters and, and, and all of these stories that people started telling us, we realized that Joey was special to so many other people and and he helped so many other people and just impacted them in ways that we just never even knew because he didn't he didn't come home and say, Oh, hey, you know, I helped someone today or hey, I, I you know, there was a kid being bullied and I stuck up for him today or he just did it and he did it because he wanted to do it and um, because he was just genuinely that good of a person. So, talking with my husband and my daughters, um, we decided we were gonna start a foundation for him um, to continue helping people in his honor and his name and just do the things that he would no longer be able to do. Um, And that's kind of how our foundation got started. And I've found that I've had a very hard time doing anything that's not related to him. So, um, my husband and I, we own restaurants and I have had a really hard time dealing with work stuff. Um, if it doesn't have to do with Joey, like I said, I, I can't focus on it, but focusing on him and the things that I'm doing for him gets me out of bed every day. Um, so I, I've had to start incorporating him actually into the restaurant as well, because I do have to work. I mean, life goes on, unfortunately, is what I've learned. And as much as it feels like it stopped, we still have to continue. We still have bills to pay. I still have two other daughters. Um, I have a house to run. I have five dogs. Um, And everything needs to happen. Um, You feel like you want to just stay in bed and and never get out of bed again. And I feel that way every day. But I think to myself every morning when I wake up, what would Joey want me to do? I'm gonna make him proud. And that's why I get up every day.
2: So you mentioned you have a husband and two daughters. Uh, Loss always changes the family dynamic. How do you support each other, especially if they all grieve in their own way? And then while you're doing that, I, I know you mentioned, but how do you take care of yourself, have compassion for yourself while doing that? As far as our family goes, and
0: I've kind of said to everyone else besides my husband and kids, because there have been people who have expected me to comfort them losing my son. And I've, I've had to be very honest, and I've become extremely honest with my feelings throughout this, and I don't have the capacity to help anyone through this besides myself, my daughters, and my husband. And we all do grieve differently. Um, I'm very open. I am normally an extremely private person, and I've totally done a 180, and, and, and I just speak my truth. If I speak my feelings, and, and if I want to cry, I'll cry. I don't care who sees me. If I need to scream, I scream. Um, I have a, a bin in my garage full of things that I no longer want that are breakable, and I go on the side of my house, and I smash them when I'm angry. And I don't care who sees me, and I don't care who knows, and I don't care. I don't care. Um, My daughters are more private. Um, They keep their feelings bottled up a little more inside because I think they feel like they need to take care of me and they don't want me to see them in so much pain. So they're more reserved. They do their crying privately um, in the shower, you know, wherever. My husband, my husband has completely shut down. He he doesn't like to look at pictures. Um, they're too painful for him. He can't hear his voice. I have a lot of videos of his voice, and I like to listen to that. Um, my husband, who's also Joey, he can't do it. Um, he has a hard time being around all the memories where I can't leave the memories. So we're kind of actually... Had a you know, we're having a hard time in our marriage because, like, our house is for sale. When this all happened, we actually had a showing that day, and immediately I canceled having it for sale. Um, because I'll take this house, I have to be intact. I have you know, I go in there for comfort where my husband can't. Um, so I feel like it's frustrating for me sometimes because I. I want him to do the things that I'm doing, but I'm learning through therapy and through my grief counselor, just how everyone does grieve differently and that doesn't mean that it's wrong. So I think that's one of the things I've learned in this process is that just because someone handles the same thing differently, doesn't make you right and them wrong. So, and I I try to practice that because I'm very um, controlling and I want everyone to, you know, do it my way and that's just really not the case and this is the ultimate loss of control right yeah so you, you
2: you you actually found your catharsis where other people cannot speak the unspeakable um and mask their emotions and and what you said before about your daughters um, they're masking kind of masking their emotions in a way how, how do you get I, I know you said you you have to take care of yourself, but i I do know that you take care of them too. H- how do you talk to them about that? I mean, it is important to be open about things. Um, h- how do you how do you talk to them about maybe unmasking a bit? um we We talk about
0: Joey every day, most of the day. I mean, my daughter, my older daughter is very involved in the foundation. She's actually amazing um and does a lot of work for it. So we do talk about him all the time. It's more um their feelings about losing him. Um my the three of them were extremely close. They were very abnormally um best friends where they didn't fight like most siblings. They Joey was always very sweet and loving and Every night would go in and kiss them on their forehead say goodnight, night, no matter if they were awake or if they were sleeping. Um, they just were very, very close. So I know this is a, a huge loss in their life that they'll never get over. Um, my younger daughter, she had to take a job in Tampa. Um, she graduated from college two weeks after Joey's accident. Um, she did walk across the stage with his picture so he could kind of get to graduate a little bit, too, like symbolically. Um and she accepted a job at J.P. Morgan in Tampa. So she had to move. So she's on her own. She moved to a new city, a new job. Um, she's having a hard time because she feels that nothing's familiar for her there because Joey wasn't there. Um, so she struggles. But she's a little better about talking her feelings out. Um, she does see a therapist, which I think is something that anyone going through this you know, needs to do. Um, someone that they can talk to that's just for them. Um, My older daughter, she was supposed to leave in May um, for PA school. She deferred for a year. She didn't want to leave home. She didn't want to leave me. She didn't think she was ready with everything that was going on. So she stayed for a year to help me. But she's the one that doesn't want to talk um, about her feelings. But she talks about him, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can kind of relate to your daughters, Jennifer, and losing my own sister and, and knowing how much, no matter how, it hurt, how much it hurt me, how much I wanted to support my parents through that, no matter what. And, and as a kid, it's usually the opposite feeling. You know, the parents want to support the kids. But in this case, I found myself wanting to be a support to my parents more than anything else. And I think it's sort of this hard balance for children going through some of that.
2: You know, psychologists talk about the five emotions of grief denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance and I, I would imagine and you can answer this um, is it helpful to know that those ex- experience those emotions is the process of healing but everyone has to do it on their own time or do you just feel this is my process I don't have to do it that way I'm just gonna do it the way I think is best
0: I really don't like to hear about the stages of grief because I don't feel they're valid. I feel that their emotions are valid. That that the five emotions that you're talking about, we all feel them. But I don't think like the way that some people describe it, they linear and it's like you do this and then you do this and you do this and you do this. And that's not the case. It's it's like and as my grief counselor kind of like explained it to me, she scribbled on a piece of paper. This is grief. It's it's messy. It's It's not so cut and dried, I guess is the word I would like to use. Um, I could feel all those emotions in the same day, or I could feel, you know, one day I could just be sad all day, and the next day I'm angry all day. But there are days where I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm numb, and and it just flip flops back and forth. And and you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know what's going to trigger you. You don't know from one day to the next, from one hour to the next, exactly what you're going to be feeling. And I think that's what's so scary for some people, you could feel like you're doing well that day. And then out of nowhere, it's something, it could be minor. It could be a song. It could be for me, a little boy in a Spider-Man costume. I mean, anything. And you're just, you lose it. And I feel like um, I've come to accept those ways and, and know that I'm not ready to, um, like I'm not ready to do certain things. And, And when people try to push me to do them, I'm not afraid to say, no, like you have to do what's good for you and not what other people expect of you. And there's no time limit. And there's no, there's no timeline. And people think, Oh, it's been, you know, for me, it's been five and a half months. It's been five and a half months. She should be getting better. Well, I'm not better. I don't feel any better than I did week one. And I don't think that anyone can expect me to, um, I feel like maybe my moment. I can act normal for a longer period of time, um, but it, it does seem like the longer I'm and I call it my normal, where I'm engaging with other people and I'm, you know, or if I go into work and I'm talking to customers or just, you know, I'm trying to compose myself. It seems like the longer I'm normal, the harder I fall when I when I have my breakdowns and. And I just let them come.
2: I think I, I think that's a normal, is to just exactly what you said, just let it come. Just be at that moment what you feel. I, 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 I assume that that's what you're saying, is to be at that moment uh, what you feel. And, um, you know, th- there are people in our lives that are insensitive and unthinking, and those are the people that think after five months you should be getting over it. And then there are people who uh, just in your life who never tire of sharing a tear, a memory or a laugh about Joey. Um, do you find yourself surrounding yourself with those people more? I mean, you, you have to have close friends. You have to have, and I'm, I'm sure some of the things that they have said or weren't exactly what you wanted to hear at the moment. But... To have people surround you that are willing to talk about Joey with you, Um, is that comforting? It is comforting. Um, I like to be around people
0: who knew my son. I have a really hard time being around people who didn't know him because I like to talk about him. I like to share stories. Um, They say that when you go through tragedy, you find out who your friends are, and I I can't even say how true that is. Um, Our friends have rallied around us and been there for my whole family in a way that I just, I can't imagine. And I feel, you know, me and my daughter talked about this a lot. We said we feel like we weren't that good to other people that were going through things because we see the things they're doing for us. And we're like, we feel a little bit embarrassed at how we dealt with things prior to this because we didn't know. And and I really um, I feel bad about that a lot
1: when I see the, the way that people treat us and the things that people do for us and how they're there for us. And Jen, I think that's a really good point you bring up that a lot of us don't know how to react to someone in grief. We're not taught that in school. And once you go through it yourself, as you said, you realize these things. So I guess my question is then, what do you say to people of the things which shouldn't be said <laughs> first and foremost, and what do you think should be said in those moments of support?
0: The things that annoy me that are said, um, are, he's in a better place. Um, people will say everything happens for a reason. I personally can't find a reason for year old son to not be with his family. Um, people will say God needed an angel. Um, People will tell me that I need to try to be normal or people say that they know how I feel because they lost um, like their dog or or something that's just so not the same thing. Um, And honestly, my biggest pet peeve is when someone says to me, um, I feel you're so strong. I don't know how you're doing this. If this happened to me, I wouldn't get out of bed. And I want to say, To me, I mean, and I don't even think they mean it this way, but to me, I take it to mean, oh, do you love your child more than I love my child because I get up out of bed every day? And I have a logical brain and an emotional brain, and my logical brain knows that's not what they mean, but that's what my emotional brain hears, and it instantly makes me angry. And also, I would like to say to everyone, you don't know how you're going to react. We all think we know how we will react in a certain situation, And normally I think we're wrong because I would have thought that and said that to someone also. Oh my God, if that happened to me, that's the worst thing in your life. I don't know what I would do. And that's, we don't know what we will do. We don't know how we're going to react. And so I feel like what people should say to you, um, they should say, I'm here for you. Um, They should listen number one and let us talk about, you know, who we lost and stories and, and, Basically, whatever we need to talk about, I think a lot of people will say, let's get together or, you know, what can I do for you? And instead of saying that, they should be specific. Um, They should actually say, let's let's have lunch on Tuesday at noon or are you available Wednesday at 11 and be specific because we're not going to call you nine times out of ten. If you say, what can I do for you, it's very hard for us to actually reach out because we don't want to feel like we're bothering people constantly. So I guess just show up is what I've found. Like for my friends, you know, I'm not one to ask for help usually ever. And with the foundation and with things, I found that I have to, I have to ask for help, but more importantly, my, my real friends, they don't wait for me to, they just come. And if they hear my voice, I'm having a bad day. The next thing I know, they're coming through my door. Um, the whole breaking thing that started for me. One of my friends, um, it was late. It was like 11, 12 o'clock at night. She had called me. She could tell I was having a really, really bad night. And she showed up. And she had a stack of plates. And she brought me outside and she said, let's go. Let's break them. Get it out. And that's kind of how that started. And that's a true friend. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. you don't have as many as you think you do. And then people who you you didn't think, like you, you would never have thought would be the ones that are there for you, surprise you and show up. And and that's been pretty amazing for us. Um, and also my children, their friends. I've discovered that they all three have amazing friends. And that makes me so happy that they are not only there for, you know, my daughters and my son's friends are there for, for all of us, and they're there for me, too, and and I don't
2: know what we would have done without all of them. So, um, so what you're saying is, um, cause I, I, a lot of people think, oh my God, I don't want to call her. I don't want to impose. I don't want to, you know, uh, interrupt her and, and maybe she doesn't want me around or I, and I'm sure people do think that way, but what you're saying and, and, maybe it's exclusive to you and maybe it should be a suggestion that you're making is that you know people should be a little pushy and should become a part of your life and just share it with you and and be there with you
0: yes for sure and and don't be offended if you send a text and it answered right away I'm sure there's several people that I didn't answer um, just you know the people who are gonna show up are gonna show up. And that's what I've what I've discovered. So don't be afraid and think you're bothering um, or, or being pushy. I don't even think pushy is the right word. It's just there's let them know that you're there for them, even when they don't ask you for the help. Because people do need help. And I mean some days I wanna be left alone. I wanna be I don't wanna to talk to anyone. And I think when someone's close enough to you, they can kind of read your cues also. You know, and you need to be able to speak for yourself. Today is not the day for me. Today I just want to be alone. And, and that's how I feel like I'm speaking my feelings a lot more openly than I would have prior. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there is never an answer to the question why, but most of the time we know how. Uh, they've not determined how the accident happened and I know you struggle with closure Um, how, how are you moving forward on that um I have
0: a hard time with that and I've noticed I stay pretty busy during the day which which helps me not dwell on things it's nighttime when I I have all of my harder thoughts about why and how and and what happened and I do have to, I don't think I'm at the point where I've mastered this yet, so I'm in no way a good person to give complete advice on this, but I I distract myself with the TV. And so I can't sleep without a comedy playing. And for me, it just lets me push the bad stuff out of my mind, otherwise I would never sleep. Um, so I don't think that I have overcome not knowing what exactly happened. And and like I said, my logical versus my emotional brain, logically, I know that I will never know for certain. Um, I know that's a fact. However, my emotional brain doesn't stop me asking what happened, if that makes sense. Just like, why him? He was such a good person. There's so many bad people out there. I struggle with that every day. I struggle with um it should have been you know i could see some a random person it should have been this person It should have been that person it should have been anyone rather than my son why my son um i think a lot of people ask what did i do wrong to deserve this and and kind of make it about them and i do that too um and again there's no answers for any of that and i will never get any answers for that so i don't i don't really know um how to completely get through that. My therapist talks to me a lot about it and just she wants me to focus more on my memories and my happy times with Joey and not so much
2: on the actual accident and and the details of that. So
0: when,
2: I, w- w- going through this, and you just said the happy times, the memories, when do you think you get to the point where you start to celebrate their life more? Then grieve it.
0: I don't know. I don't think I'm there yet. Um, I think I do celebrate his life. I think I always did throughout the whole um, the whole journey that I've been on. I've, I've been obsessed with looking at pictures of him, um, seeing videos of him, and I've asked all of his friends. Anytime you get any, find any pictures or videos, send them to me, even if it's the middle of the night. So I don't think that I ever didn't celebrate his life. I think that it's just a combination. But there are times where I'll I'll look at a picture and, and I'll smile and I'll tell a funny story about that day or and I'll laugh. And then there are times where I could look at the same picture and I'll burst into tears. So there's really no rhyme or reason. I think it's just about whatever you're, you're feeling at the time. Um, my husband on the other hand, I don't think he's at the point of celebrating his life. I think he's more in the grieving stage and I and that goes back to everyone doing it differently. Um last weekend his pop warner football team retired his jersey. They had a beautiful ceremony for him. Um the whole all you know, they had all the kids wearing his number and they brought us on the field and gave a great speech and, and there was pictures of him everywhere. And for me, that makes me feel comfort knowing that so many people loved my son and so many people were impacted by him. And my husband honestly didn't get out of bed for two days after that because he couldn't because it was too hard for him to remember that. That was, that was really a tough, a tough day for him and seeing his picture everywhere where he couldn't avoid it. So, again, I think it's just basically how you grieve.
1: Yeah, I, I think, well, one that brings up a little bit, I I wonder how maybe men and women deal with grief a little bit differently. But, you know, in talking about celebrating Joey's life, you did just have the first 5K for the foundation this past weekend. Tell us how that went. How was that for you?
0: It was amazing. And we decided for our first event, our first real event, to do something active because, like we said, Joey was extremely active. And... We had a goal of 200 to 250 that we wanted to get, you know, to participate in the in the run, and our final number was almost 550, which was really amazing and just goes to show how many people came out to celebrate Joey and who loved Joey. Um, I think we would have gotten more if it wasn't the Florida Alabama game too, but you know, that's okay. Um, but it went off perfectly. We had a lot of help. We had. Um, a lot of volunteers that came out and we couldn't have done it without them. And then right as the, the announcements were going off and it was everyone was about to start, a beautiful rainbow appeared in the sky. Out of nowhere, it was not raining and everyone looked at it. And I can't tell you how many people took pictures and posted that rainbow, but it was just proof that Joey was there and he was smiling and he was happy and cheering everyone on. And, and um, my daughters both gave a speech right before everyone started and and they just said when you're feeling tired and you're feeling like you can't finish remember you know think about what Jelly was saying think about how Jelly was finished and and i everyone was very very enthusiastic and pumped up and it, it wasn't i had very um hard moments where it would hit me all of a sudden like why i was doing this why are we all here but then there was other moments that were just beautiful and, and everyone was so happy and everyone was celebrating him and, and it was just, it was nice, you know, and, it's, and that's the thing. It's the back and forth. One minute it's, it's joyous and you're celebrating and the next minute you're grieving. And I mean, we're always grieving, but you feel the grief more than the celebrating at times. But it, like I said, it can go back and forth
2: in minutes. Tell us why the foundation, tell, tell us what, why you're raising the money and what the money will be used for.
0: So, um, like I said before, the reason why we did it was continue helping people like Joey would have. And Joey was the best person in our family, to be honest. And we all wanna be a little more like him. Um, so our first initiative, we started um, an endowed scholarship at Florida State, and it's for um, an you know a, a child who can't afford to go to college. It's a full ride, and it will be every year forever. Um, So that's our first initiative that we're trying to fund, and they won't give out the scholarship until we fund it. So we're working on that. Um, We're also going to do youth sports. We want to give every child, I mean, obviously, we can't afford to give every child, but as many as we can that can't afford the opportunity to be involved in youth sports, we would like to help with that. We will focus mostly on football and lacrosse and baseball just because those were Joey's sports, but if someone came to us you know, with a different sport, you know, we would definitely, you know, include them. And we want to include girls as well. We don't want to limit it to boys. Um, Joey wouldn't have wanted us to do that. But I feel the youth sports is, is where we um, can really make an impact on the younger generation and give them the tools they need to be successful adults. And then we're also working on Road 60. Um, the road where Joey where Joey died there were many deaths on that road right across the street from where it happened. There's another memorial marker that is right there. And there's been hundreds and hundreds of accidents and many deaths. So we're trying to see what we can do to avoid that in the future.
2: and that that road is in in uh, Florida, Naples Naples, Florida, or Tallahassee, Tallahassee, Florida. You're listening to Becoming Her, The Journey on iHeartRadio, WOR710. We are here and we'll continue with our conversation with Jennifer De Pascal on loss and grief. I know you're not there yet, but if someone came to you today who recently lost their child um, and asked you, will my tears ever stop? Will life ever feel worth living again? Or how do I stop feeling numb? What would you? What would you say to them?
0: I don't think the tears will ever stop. Um, As far as will you feel like living again? I've been told that yes, you will. And like you said, I'm not there yet. However, I have connected with several other mothers who have lost children. And we're all in different stages. Um, There's some that I've talked to, it's only been a year. There's some that I've talked to, it's been 10, some it's been 16, some it's been 20, some it's been three. Um, It it all varies, but the common denominator is most of them say they still cry at some point every day, whether it's one tear that trickles down or it's sobbing in the shower. You're a mother. In in the end, you're a mother. You're never going to stop grieving your child. However, the ones that are further along this journey that I am, they do find joy in other things, and they find that they have learned to cope, I think, is the better word. You don't get better is what I've come to understand. You just learn how to cope with life
2: so i i know this isn't a a son or daughter of mine but i i had a a cousin who was like a sister to me actually like a twin sister we were the same age went to school together and she passed at the age of 28 and i find myself till today talking to her um commenting or telling her i know i did something stupid don't laugh at me Do do you find yourself doing that and will you Will you find yourself? I mean, is, that's my comfort zone, I think. And and this is, God Almighty, a lot of years later. So, do, do you find that you can talk to him? I talk to him every day. I have full conversations.
0: I know I look crazy sometimes. I don't care. Um, I talk to him in the car. I talk to him when I walk to the mailbox. I talk to him when I'm sitting in the kitchen. Um, We feel that there are signs that he sends us that he's around. Um, It's dragonflies and lime green cars, and I know that sounds weird, um, but that's our sign. (laughs) And every time we see a lime green car, we say, hi, Joe. There he is. And it is comforting to feel like he hears me. And I know he hears me. I just know he can't answer me. Um, I write to him every day in a journal. It's not, um, I feel like I I talk to my son every day of his life. Every single day that he was on this earth, I spoke to my son. So I feel like I'm going to continue that. I'm going to talk to him every day until I'm not here. So whether it be aloud or me writing to him, it does give me a lot of comfort to um, still communicate with him. And I want him to still be a part of my life, not a part of my past, if that makes sense. I don't want it to be I had a son. I have a son. He's just not physically here with me, but I still have a son. So yeah, I, I think that does give me
2: comfort. Right. Relationships don't uh they don't end with death. I, I think they just change and they'll mm-hmm. always they'll always be with us. I, I, I agree with that. Is your husband able to do things like that or he's not even close? He's not He's not
0: able yet, he is a little closer, and I don't know how, you know, people feel. Um, I did go to several mediums, and I think anyone who loses a child will do that. And the last one I, I went to said things to me that she couldn't possibly have known, and, and she said, one of the things she said was, Joey wants to send his father coins. And um, so, all of a sudden he finds coins, he found one in the shower, which he finds a coin in the shower. So it's starting to turn him around a little bit. He started feeling a little more open and asking me more questions on how I'm communicating, like and I don't I say communicating, but how I'm feeling close to Joey. And so I feel like he's coming around to that and and he wants to try that. He just doesn't know how. And I think that's just something he has to learn on his own. I feel I feel my son around me. I feel like he's still, you know, his spirit is here with me, and I feel like he always will be, and that makes me comfort, like feel comfort, and I hope that my husband gets to that point too. He's not completely there, but I think, he, I think he's on the verge of getting there.
2: Is he getting as much support from his male friends as you are from your female friends? I Do you think that makes a difference?
0: I think that... For men, I think they don't know what to say, so they aren't as comforting as like my female friends. So I think they, you know, they were around him a lot at first, and they all, you know, congregated and they came for him, and they all were trying to support him, but I just think they don't really know how to do that. Um, My husband actually, he went away to um, a place in Maryland. He went to. A facility to try to deal with his grief because he was having a hard time. He was there for 30 days. Um, he just got out the day of our ceremony for the hurricane for retiring his number. And I think that's where he's getting the skills that he needs to cope and to, to deal with his grief. Um, and that was very helpful for him. I don't know if, if he needs, I think he might need more time there, but, Yeah, so to answer your question, I think that his male friends are not as comforting as my
1: female friends. I think it, it, you know, women just naturally so much more nurturing at our core that maybe that some of that comes a little bit easier for us to comfort others when they need it, to read those cues that you said, to know when that help is needed.
2: Right. I I know losing a child is probably, and and maybe this is a cliche, and I apologize if it is, but the worst thing that could probably happen to any parent. But people do suffer losses in other ways. They lose parents who they're very close to, um, siblings who they're very close to. This COVID pandemic uh, has taught us a lot, Um, I hope, um, that, you know, loss comes in many ways we can't presume it, we can't assume it, uh, we can't know it, but when it happens we certainly feel it. Um, Do you empathize, I I would guess, are you able to empathize with those people who have lost? I, I, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is if someone loses a parent do you feel that that's just as important as losing a child? Um,
0: You know, I read this book. I've been reading a lot of books um, about grief and and about, you know, how to deal with it. And there was a quote in there that really resonated with me. And it said, the worst grief is your own. So to me, it was, you know, before I I wasn't really sympathetic. I was, you know, I was bitter and I was angry and I lost a child. And that's the worst thing that could happen. It's, It's worse. I'd rather have lost. You know, I lost both my parents and I'd, I'd rather have lost my husband. I'd rather, you know, you think there's, there's thoughts. And and I think that we all have mean thoughts when we're angry and grieving. But when I read that quote, it made a lot of sense to me because, you know, what you're going through at the time, there's probably always someone going through something worse than what you're going through. But that doesn't mean that you're not going through something awful at the same time and that you have the feelings that you have. Because you're allowed to feel whatever you feel so if if you lost your parent and that's the worst thing in your life and you feel you know that you don't know how to go on that's your feelings and, and you're allowed to feel that so yes I think that I don't think it's fair for me or for someone else to compare my loss is worse than your loss because it's the worst thing for you does that make sense
2: it, it makes absolute yeah. sense uh yes it does um, and, and even sometimes when, when the loss has not happened, but it's a possibility, um, and, and I will say this for myself when, when my daughter was diagnosed with double breast cancer and uh, you know, and, and all these thoughts and feelings and emotions just traveling into my brain, like, what would I do? You're right. What would I do? How, how is this possible? Why couldn't it be me? That was my biggest. Why couldn't right. it be me? Um, so I think, yes, I think it's before it happens, and after it happens, you just you know you have these deep uh, paranoia feelings, I think, you know, with the thought of it happening, uh, mm-hmm. no matter who it is, no matter who it right. is, yeah, so, but um. So what's the next, uh, what's on your agenda next for the foundation? Um, we have
0: an event coming up in November. It's November 4th. It's at our restaurant, Joey D's in Naples. Um, we're setting it up kind of like we did his Celebration of Life. So we're selling tickets on Eventbrite, and we'll have entertainment and raffles and, and prizes and stuff. Um, and then after that, we also have a black and white gala we're doing in April that um, that's going to be our big fundraiser. We'll have the silent auction and and all of that, and that that's probably going to be our biggest event of the year. Um, and then we're doing we do little events, you know, throughout the year too. There's different businesses that have really been great and reached out to us, and and they want to host things. Like a lot of um, a lot of exercise places seem to like want to get involved. I guess because Joey was so active. There was um, Cycle Bar. They did a ride and they donated. To donate instead of paying for the class and then they just gave all the money of the foundation we have another um exercise place in town that's holding a class in october and they're going to do the same thing we've had a couple of dessert plates and they held a joey day and then they gave 23 percent of the proceeds because 23 was joey's number um so we do little things like that too to try to raise money and but those three events are the three that we've planned so far our 5K and then the two that I just mentioned.
2: And how would people access um, those events? How would they know when they take place? How would they be able to participate um, in, in those? They, well,
0: they're all on our website, the thejoedfoundation.com. We're pretty good at, at updating everything. We also are selling merchandise with our logo and, and um, hats and shirts and cups and lanyards and license plates and, and all that good stuff. So all of that is on our website um, and people can order that. We also, uh, we are doing sponsorships. So we have been getting businesses to sponsor the foundation and then we advertise for them and at our events and on our, our social media and our website. And that seems to be a big way that we can raise money as well. Um, and then there's just people who are very generous and who donate and, and those people are great, and I mean, we're thankful for anyone, whether it's you know ten dollars or a thousand dollars, or it doesn't matter. We're just we're thankful for anyone who who helps us out and donates what they can.
2: Jennifer, I, I, it's it's amazing um, that you started this foundation, and and as you said before, this is how you're getting through this. What if? one doesn't start a foundation, what if one can't or they don't have the ability to, what suggestions would you give them to, you know, if, if, I I don't know, I don't know how else to say it, but you know, not everybody can start a foundation, you know, for the loss of a child, but what, what, what simple things can they just do to sort of compensate for
0: I think that people need to just, they need to see what works for them and and they need to try different things. You might try 10 things and only one of them gives you some comfort, you could try try writing in a journal, you could try um, painting, you can um, talk, you know, like we said, talk out loud to them, make a scrapbook, you know, of all your favorite photos. I mean, I surround my house as a shrine to Joey and, and I'm not ashamed of it. They're everywhere. There's pictures all over my, there's always been pictures all over of him, but I've added so many more because it makes me feel comfort to see them. Um, we also took a lot of his favorite t-shirts and his sports t-shirts and we're having a blanket made. Um, we're having teddy bears made with his favorite fortune um, uniform. Um, I mean, things like that you can do. And I that people just need to feel their feelings and they need to not suppress what they're feeling and i think that's what most people do they try to stuff it down and it's going to come out eventually so you might as well just let it come i think instead of of hiding it and then a year down the line you have a mental breakdown and you freak out just feel it just feel what you're feeling and accept your feelings and and know that you're okay And I think that it's very helpful to talk to someone who has a similar loss. So whether it be a parent or a sibling or spouse, if you find someone else and you talk to that person who went through a similar situation, um, I think it's very helpful to talk to them and it makes you feel normal. I mean, I was having thoughts that I thought were only my thoughts. And I found that we all kind of have the same feelings and thoughts, even though all of our situations are a little bit different. But we all think a little bit the same thing, um, and it's just helpful for them to talk to me and to tell me, you're normal, this is normal, and, and this is, you know, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So I think that's probably the number one thing is to try to find someone with a similar situation. Yeah. you
1: mentioned, seems- You
2: mentioned, go ahead, go ahead, Lindsay.
1: Yeah, it seems that the anything but bury it is the way to go. Whatever that looks like, that you can honor that way. But really what I found is burying it, you're absolutely right. That's mm-hmm. the one thing you want to avoid. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
2: Uh, you mentioned before that you, you read. Um, is there any book, one or two books that you could suggest uh, anyone suffering through a loss uh, that you found comforting? Um, there was one that you actually
0: said the title, but you weren't even talking about this book but you said it earlier. It was called Beyond the Tears. And that book I loved it was it that book spoke to me so much i I couldn't put it down. Um, there was another book called Signs, and I think that book was very helpful to me in knowing that that they're around us and in how to look for that and how to connect with them in that way. And then there was another book that I read. It was called Permission to Mourn, and it was it was very short. It was very easy to read, but it was about a man who lost his daughter, and then he lost his wife, and then he lost his son. And so he kind of writes about his journey and, like, what helped him, and I really enjoyed that book as well.
2: I think writing is probably really important to – If some people can't speak their feelings, but, you know, writing um, Mm -hmm. their feelings and then reading them uh, to understand what they're feeling, on, you know, seeing it on paper and reading them is is probably really important. I mean, did you find that a major part of how you were able to express yourself until you came to the point to actually start to uh, express yourself verbally?
0: Um. Writing's always been easy for, for me, but I did talk to someone and they had said that they found it hard. They didn't know what to write. They didn't know how to start. And I feel like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's only for you. Even if it's just like thoughts, just bullet point thoughts. Just once you get writing, I feel like the more you do it, the easier it is. And it is interesting to go back and to read the things that I've written and, and the way I felt and on certain, you know, days, right after and, and today and, and just it is very interesting In um, some days I can tell when I'm super angry because I work through the paper or my handwriting is extremely messy because I can't even like get the words out fast enough In um, other days it's just I'll write three four pages and some days I'll just write one I mean I feel like it's almost pathetic to me to just get it it's like you let the feelings escape it's like a way of release for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that people should, should at least try it. And again, not everything works for everyone the way you know it works for some people, but I think it's definitely beneficial to try. And I think for most people, I have found that writing is a way to get their feelings out.
2: So my, my last question was going to be, what three things can you leave us with today? And I think you've mentioned quite a few, but if you had to pick and choose, mm-hmm. Briefly, what three things would you leave us with today?
0: I think that it's okay to not be okay. And I think that people feel they need to be strong. And that's not always necessarily the case. Um, Again, feeling your feelings, I think, is extremely um, important. And I think take it day by day. And sometimes even day by day is, is too long and you have to do it hour by hour. I don't think that you can make the big plans in the beginning. I think you need to really break it into smaller pieces so it's easier to digest.
2: Jennifer, thank you for sharing your innermost thoughts and emotions with our listeners today. Um, We wish you and your family healing. Um, And I think we will touch base with you and see how you're doing in a couple of months. Guys, if you're listening, joeydfoundation.com. Go on, look at it, make a contribution. It's a good cause. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate it. As I have said on every show, our conversations have purpose, and that is to share with young women to help them down the road to equality, diversity, and inclusion. We should be mentors for those that follow. But when three women beat up a waitress for enforcing the rules of her city, then shame on you. This is not the example we want to set. You're setting us back. Thank you for listening to Becoming Her The Journey on iHeartRadio, WOR710. You can hear us anytime on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Invite your friends to listen in and follow us on Instagram at Becoming Her The Journey. We welcome your questions, your ideas, your topics, any suggestions for guests. Let us be a platform for your voice. Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to Becoming Her, The Journey. Come back to hear more stories that we hope will resonate with you, offering some perspective and wisdom for your journey.